Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Bible Time with Pastor Brian. So, once again, this is your host, Pastor Brian, and we are still in Galatians 5.22. Uh, hopefully tonight will be our last night. You're covering Galatians 5.22. So, thank you guys for sticking with me through what has now been five parts to Galatians chapter 5. Now, the reason why we're ending it, because you might think after looking at chapter uh, 5 verses 20, or verse 22, that we should have more than this for this one. But I'm actually going to cover three words tonight that I think work really well together and that are fruits of the Spirit that are mentioned here in Galatians. So those three words are kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And if you look right there at the end of verse 22 in Galatians 5, it's right there, uh, those three words are. So the word that is used for kindness, or the Greek word behind it, I guess, is kerestates, and it means benignity or kindness, which is which benignity is just kindness or tolerance towards others. If you actually go to Romans 2 4, um, it talks about God's goodness leading us to repentance. Now, the goodness that's mentioned there is actually kerestates um, instead of the word that's used for goodness later on that we'll talk about here in a second. And then in 2 Corinthians 6, 6, part of Paul's duty as a minister of God is to do things by and with kindness. And then Colossians, or Colossians, Colossians 3, 12 is a description of things Christians are to put on, including compassion, kindness, humility, patience, etc. Then in Titus 3, 4, you have the appearance of God's kindness and love that brought us out of our deceit and foolishness that we were bound to. So before I continue any further, I will, would like to apologize because you're probably noticing by this point that the audio sounds a little weird. I'm having to use the onboard mic again. Not because the other mic isn't working. It's because it's not here. Um, as you guys or some of you guys know, my other occupation is a teacher. And I recorded last week's podcast while I was um, in my classroom at school. And I forgot my microphone there. So I'm using my onboard mic for this laptop. So apologies for the poor um, audio quality, I guess, here tonight. But going back to what we're talking about. So what does it mean to show kindness? According to ba uh, Baker's Bible Dictionary, kindness is a broad term that seeks to bring together multiple narrower terms, terms such as mercy, grace, and compassion into one big, broad term. So kindness goes hand in hand with righteousness as both have a broad number of smaller terms that could describe how to be kind or how to be righteous. So, lots of different words play into this. And because of that, you know, there are many, many things that you can do in order to show people kindness. And I wrote down a few of them here, so if you want to write them down too, you can, or just kind of um, take a mental note of them. Um, some ways to show kindness. One is to be merciful. Um, God has been so merciful towards us in giving Christ to us when we did not deserve him and giving us this wonderful opportunity of salvation through Jesus' sacrifice and through his death, burial, and resurrection. And we ought to be merciful to others as well. We ought to want to share that mercy with other people. Second one is to be compassionate. 
you read multiple times in the Gospels where it talks about Jesus having compassion on the people that were listening to him, the people that were around him. So why do we think we're excused from being compassionate? We're not excused at all from being compassionate. Third one is to love people. And I don't just say to tolerate them. I mean to love them. To truly and wholly and fully love people. Because this world needs it. This world needs some people that love other people. And I don't mean love in the sense of accepting everything. It's not what I mean at all. Because I would argue that you're actually being unloving with someone if you just accept and go along with every single whim and every single thing that they want you to do or that they want to do. If you love somebody truthfully, you will tell them the truth. If you love somebody completely, you will tell them the whole truth. And because of that, if you are to truly love somebody, they have to know that you're going to share the truth with them. Even if that means that they're going to get mad at you, they might... Um, lash out at you in anger because they're so caught up in whatever they want to do. that They don't see the error of their way. They don't see the hurt and destruction that that could end up causing down the road. But it is your job as someone that loves them to tell them the truth. And then next one is to meet their needs. Um, Christians have been known for millennia at this point at being really, really um, well-versed in meeting people's needs, in going places where nobody else would go, in helping people that nobody else would help. That's what the church has been known for for so many years. Don't lose that. Don't lose that. Because you are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And in order to be that way, you gotta you got to meet some people's needs. you got to make some bowls of soup. you got to build those ramps for those um, widows and shut-ins. And you got to rake their yard, and you got to just... Be a good servant for them and meet their immediate needs that they can't meet on their own. And in so doing, you show the love of Christ to them in that we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't um, do any amount of good works in order to become Christians, in order to attain salvation. And just the same as that, there are some things that they just can't do. There are some people that don't have the money or the ability to get food. There's somebody that don't have the money or the ability to get shelter. There are some people that don't have the money or the ability or the time, for that matter, to build a ramp or to rake their yard. And we ought to do that. We ought to meet their needs. And not as an, a, like an opportunity to show it off to the world. Not as something to say, hey, look at me. I'm such a wonderful Christian. I've done all these wonderful things for all these people. But in a genuine sense of just wanting to seek that person's well-being. That's what agape love is. The love that God has given us is the love that we are supposed to give other people. It is unmerited. It is unearned. And the next thing here is to share the gospel. And, you know, they kind of all go in together because the gospel of Jesus is one of mercy. It is one of compassion. It is one of love. Um, because God loves us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we ought to want to share that message with this lost and dying world because they need to hear it. They need to hear the truth of the gospel. They need to hear that Jesus is still saving people, that he's not quit. He's not given up. Mankind will give up. Mankind's systems will give up, but Jesus never will give up. Trust in him and lean on him today and encourage others to do the same. Not just lost people, but your brothers and sisters of Christ as well. Reach out to them. 
love them as well. And share the gospel with them too. Remind them of the promises that Jesus has made that he would never leave us or forsake us. Remind them that they have a calling. They have a ministry that they are to be involved in. Even if they've not been called to be a teacher or a preacher or a pastor or anything like that, evangelist, everybody has a ministry. Everybody has something that they have been called into. They have people around them that God has placed them there for a purpose, and they need to hear the gospel of Jesus. And next one, number six, is to proclaim and reflect Christ. Um, we call ourselves Christians, and that means we are little Christs or followers of Christ. And in order to be followers of him, we are to be imitators of him. We are to imitate the way that he lived, the way that he taught, the actions that he did in the best way that we can. And we fail at that a lot. We, we really, really do. But we ought to try to keep doing that. We ought to try to be more like Jesus. Not just proclaim him, not just share about him, but also reflect him to other people. Just as the moon reflects the sunshine, and just as, um, I don't know, the hood of your car reflects the sun on a hot summer day, we are to reflect the love and grace and mercy of Jesus to this world around us. And then the seventh one, the last one that I wrote down, says to encourage your brothers and sisters. Kind of already touched on that a couple times, but don't forget those people that are around you that are sharing the gospel as well, that are working for the Lord, that are um, out there and doing the best that they can. Sometimes just a quick call or a text or, uh, Facebook message, or just popping in um, at their where they work, if you can do that, or just stopping by their house and talking to them for a second. You don't know how many, um, just or how much that would mean for somebody, because you don't know what they're going through. You might not know the things that are going on in their mind and in their lives behind those closed doors, and just that one little inkling that somebody else cares can go a long way. So don't forget to do that with people around you. And see, those are all ways that we can show kindness. Kindness is more than being pleasant. It is living a lifestyle dedicated to being like Jesus Christ himself. Then the next word there is goodness. And the word, the Greek word that's there is agathosune. means uprightness of heart and of life. And interestingly enough, this exact word is only found in biblical texts. So really cool um, historical anecdote there. That that's where that's the earliest appearance that it has, um, this particular Greek word. Now there is a Ruth word, which is agathos, which means good, of course, but they add the sune on the end of it, meaning goodness, um, uprightness of heart. And in Romans two four that I mentioned a second ago, um, it doesn't mention this word when it says goodness. It actually mentions um, the first word, the one that was used for kindness here in Galatians five point two. And this specific word, these, this uh, agathosune, is used elsewhere. It's in Second Thessalonians 1.11, fulfilling the good pleasure of his goodness. In Romans 15.14, Paul is convinced that the church members in Rome are full of goodness. Then in Ephesians 5.9, one of the fruits of the Spirit that's mentioned there um, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Thayer's uh, Greek lexicon also notes that it could mean kindness, or beneficence, which is just um, being generous, or doing something, or or doing something that results in um, good or goodness. That actually comes from Webster's dictionary too. So my take on goodness and kindness—they can 
Be interchangeable to a degree, as kindness contains goodness, so you cannot be truly kind without being truly good as well. Someone who lives their life dedicated to following Christ will find himself being both kind, or themselves being both kind and good simultaneously. They exist together. Goodness springs from kindness. Then the next word here is faithfulness, and the word is pistis, means fidelity or faithfulness, the character of one who could be relied on. This word's used in the exact same context in Matthew 23, 23, and Jesus' rebuke of the Pharisees for following the letter of the law, but not the spirit behind it, such as justice and mercy and faithfulness, focusing on the little things like the offerings that they are to give, but not focusing on the justice and mercy and faithfulness that drove the law, that were actually the foundations of it. Then in Philemon 1.5, Paul has heard of Philemon's faith, his fidelity. In Titus 2.10, it talks about showing good faith. In the King James Version, it actually says the word fidelity. And then in Romans 3.3, would the unbelief of the Jews nullify the faithfulness of God? It was a question that Paul posed there. So personally, nothing inspires me more than seeing someone who has every reason to be unfaithful and chooses not to. That is a peace and a desire that does not arise from our flesh, as it is inclined toward infidelity when a situation goes against it. So, you know, how do these three work together? Goodness and faithfulness are part of showing kindness. Living your life with uprightness or honorableness of heart so, we're talking about honorableness there. Honor is respect that you earn from your words, partially, but mostly from your actions. You know, we here in America, we have the Medal of Honor that we give to people. It's the highest honor that can be given to a member of the military. And it's for just supreme acts of valor that go above and beyond the call of duty. And when we think about that, we call it the Medal of Honor. So taking that into account, I mean, so it makes sense that honorable or getting honor from people would require some work on our part. You don't just, you're not just honorable because you're whoever you are. You're honorable because of the actions that you do. So absolutely, you have work to do in order to be considered honorable. This world and the temptations in it make it difficult to live a life of honorable morals. And this world even goes uh, so far as to be hostile towards those who adhere to a strict moral compass. And they give ridicule to those who seek to live honorable, upright lives filled with God's goodness. That's what the world looks at us like. And then faithfulness. Just as it is difficult to be honorable, it is difficult to be faithful as well. You know, in a world that not only promotes but condones infidelity in marriage or beliefs or anything that quote-unquote weighs you down, be the one to make remain faithful and steadfast. Don't give in to the lies that the world and the ruler of it want you to believe, such as that being in a long-term committed and faithful marriage is for those who don't want to live life or to have fun. Or even that forsaking the temptations and sin of this world is something to be looked upon with shame. Be faithful and don't quit. You might lose friends or even family, but it is better to do that than to spend eternity separated from God. So faithfulness and goodness are fruits of kindness. 
coming from the Spirit. And they produce an attitude and a lifestyle that sustains and promotes more kindness through which you can display the love of Christ. And so, kindness and goodness and faithfulness, these three things, they work together. They work in unison. And not only do they work in unison, they multiply each other. Kind of like what we talked about a few weeks ago when we first started this Fruits of the Spirit thing, where when you have these Fruits of the Spirit, it produces more of those Fruits of the Spirit. So the more faithful you are, the more good you're going to be. The more merciful you're going to be. The more compassionate you're going to be. The more kind you're going to be. They just all work together with each other. And then the more kind that you are, the more faithful you're going to be. And then they just keep building and building and building and building. But it takes the dedication from you. It takes the decision from you to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and to follow its leadership, his leadership and guidance in everything you do. Because that is our calling, is to follow after Christ and imitate him in our life. And the Holy Spirit was sent to comfort us and to guide us as well, to show us the ways that we need to go into, to remind us that we need to be like Jesus, and to give the glory and the honor to the Father, to God the Father. And so that is what we are tasked with today. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? You see, we are to be faithful to the Lord. And that faithfulness produces something. Kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance, all these other ones. They all come from the same place. And that is the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. But you can't have the Holy Spirit if you don't have Jesus. Everything that this world has to offer is but a shadow of what Jesus Christ offers us. The salvation through Jesus is so much greater and so much more complete than anything that mankind or his systems or the one that rules this world can give you. Because all of them fall utterly short. There's no way that they can compare to the goodness of of God. Father, as we come before you again here today, we're just so blessed and humbled and grateful for this day you've given us and for this wonderful time that you've allowed us to have to spend studying your word here today. And Father, as we continue on with our study through the fruits of the Spirit, I pray that you would help us multiply those, that you would give us a renewed spirit and a renewed fire within our hearts to be more like you and to produce more of these fruits, and to show them in everything that we do. And we pray that you would go with each person that is listening to this podcast, no matter when they're listening to it. It could be as soon as it's been dropped and published, or could be years in the future from now. I don't know. But I pray, God, that you would send your sweet and holy and just complete, amazing peace to whoever is listening, and remind them, God, who they are in you, and that you have called them into something so much greater than anything that mankind could ever offer them. And I pray they embrace it wholeheartedly and follow you without fear. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all again, and I will see you next week.